Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. So uh, we're in a series this month, and it's called uh, Walk Before You Can Run. And so we're, we're looking at some of the fundamentals of what we believe as a church. Because there's, there's so many people coming and going, that, and people are like, well, yeah, you got your statement of faith on the website, which is very good, actually. Uh, I've ad- actually heard people say, well, we came because we saw your statement of faith, but, which is good. So if you've seen it, great. Uh, it is what we believe. But what are some of the fundamentals we believe? So we're talking... Uh, Josiah, Pastor Josiah last week talked about fasting, which was a really good precursor because we're doing this study on fasting. Uh, and it is very good. I would encourage you to come. Uh, Pastor Dave is going to be talking about fellowship. Uh, fellowship is more than just having coffee. Did you know that? Uh, so fellowship. So Pastor Dave will be talking about that. And my lovely wife will be talking about prayer. And I get to talk about the Bible. And I, I was so excited, I got to, we got to pick, and I said, Jasmine, you're doing prayer. And, cause, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I picked for her, and because and, I really wanted to talk about the Bible. Um, not that I don't believe in prayer, I just, she's the, she's the expert on that, and <laughs> I like, I'll talk about the Bible. Um, so I have a twofold goal. First, why is the Bible important? Right? Why, why bother? You know, it's, it's written, it's an old book, it's outdated, is it relevant? Uh, you know, how could the disciples 2,000 years ago know what we're going through today? How can it be the same? Um, so the Bible's out of touch. Well, we'll see. And then how do I read it so it makes sense? It's pretty complicated when you really look at it. Um, it's so long. You know, and I think it's, it's interesting because I'll look at the Bible and I think, oh, that is so long. But I'll read a 700-page novel, right? I'll, I'll read, a, you know, I read some of the Jack Ryan novels. You know, they were like 1,000 pages. It took me a bit, but I got through them because I found them interesting. But like, oh, you start reading the Bible and you're into like three chapters and you're just like, oh, man, is this, is this ending? So we're going to talk about how it makes sense to read it. But I, I want to introduce you to a book. This book has, has come to mean a lot to me over the years. This is the handy guide to the WorkSafe BC work regulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if uh, you may be listening online and not know who I am, and yes, I am Russ Brackenbury, and I am the location pastor here, but in my former life and in my, pre, my present life, uh, so I was a 30-year, 31-year Downey Timber employee, and my last 10 years, I did safety. Uh, and you don't want to have the WorkSafe guy come and ask you a question, and you say, I don't know, right? So this, this little book became very near and dear to my heart, and I mean, some of it's even got highlighted. Uh, that's how exciting it is. But um, yeah, so that's my, my deal. I'm still a safety auditor, so like I'm not in town all the time. But this describes the responsibilities of the workplace the supervisors, the managers, and the workers for if you want to work on a work site in BC. It's important, right? Uh, so it's, there's a saying that says that this, this book is written in blood. Um, it's written in the blood of workers who have died or 
um, injured by disease or incident. And so it's important that the regulations are looked after. But this is the minimum requirement, right? So this says, you know, you must tie off at 10 feet. If you're at 11 feet and you're not tied off, it is against the law, right? But maybe your employer wants you to tie off at 6 feet. Way more inconvenient, I can attest to that. But the employer can go above this standard, but he can never go below, right? So this is the basic standard. Look how big that is, right? And I, I'm amazed sometimes. I'm like, I actually know a bit about that book. But I, but I put some time into it, I'll tell you. So if the employer basically handles the, the basics of the regulation, um, he's not going to go to jail because he's not being negligent. But here's another book. This is my beloved New American Standard Ryrie Study Bible that I actually haven't opened for a long time because now I have electronic means. But this, this book has influenced part of my life. This book has influenced my whole life. All right? This book, I, I went for years and didn't really know a lot about it and still survived. This book changed my life. Right? The contents of this book made me a new person because of who was in the book. Right? So it's, it's more than just a book. Hold on, I get to take this off now. I just want it to look cool with the leather and everything. <laughs> so this, is, this isn't, I mean, yeah, 2,100 pages if we can include all this. This has study guides and everything in it. So it looks exceptionally long. But it's not just a book, is it? Maybe you're not familiar with it. The, the Bible is actually a, a compilation of 66 different books, right? 40 different authors, 1,500 years to write. Three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Koine Greek, which is different than if you went and spoke Koine Greek in Greece today, it's a dead language, right? It's different than regular spoken Greek now. But it has a unified theme. Okay, 1,500 years, 40 authors, 66 books, unified theme. You ever played the telephone game? Yeah. Everybody know? So you get eight people in a circle. The person whispers something in the ear of the first person to his right or left. Then you have to whisper it around the circle, and the last person has to say it out loud. It's never the same. Right? It's never the same. The, yeah, I can kind of have a hint of it, but, but things change as it gets around the circle. Uh, I was a firefighter for 10 years, and every year we used to do this exercise. It was hilarious. So you get three people with radios, and they go into three different rooms in the fire hall, so you can't hear them. Each of them have a pitcher. Yeah, the pitcher is identical. Okay? Then you get three other groups in three other areas of the fire hall with another radio. And so you're, you're only listening to one guy on your radio and you're going back and forth. And he has to describe the picture he's seeing. And you as a group, so three guys with radios, three separate groups, three different drawings. right? And you can't hear what the other guy's saying. You can only hear the one person talking to your group. What do you think that turned out like? <laughs> right? It can be pretty close, but to have to describe something the people that aren't seeing it and try to make it accurate. And the, and the goal was to be able to communicate well on the radio on a fire scene. 
so that what you're saying made sense in context of what you were trying to, to achieve. So the Bible is amazing in its content. So uh, Pastor Dave a few weeks ago described what we are as a church. So he would say we are, first of all, a, a church, which is a group of people, but we are a charismatic, evangelical Christian church. That's a description of who we are, if you were to go through the, the numbers. So, And as such, we have a belief that this book, in its original written form, is 100% accurate. Right? We call it it's the doctrine of the inerrancy of Scripture. Do you know that all people, even some pastors, do not believe that this book is inerrant? It amazes me. We had, we had a friend once who was a, a minister, and he came to our house one day, and he's like, I graduated with a degree and never believed in the inerrancy of Scripture. Do you know how much different I look at it now that I believe it's inerrant? And he was just amazed, and, and he was the pastor of a church. So it's an amazing thing, and we believe it is without error. And just because I may not understand it fully does not change the fact that it is inerrant. Right? Um, so many of you know we have an adopted daughter from Thailand. So can you imagine I'm in Thailand, I come from Canada, and I'm going to describe snow <laughs> to someone who lives in Thailand. Now, we were in Thailand in November, at the end of November, I have never been so hot <laughs> in my life, right? I'm in shorts and a, sh and a shirt, and this lady who looks after the orphanage, she comes to meet us, and she's Canadian, has lived in Thailand for years, but originally from Newfoundland. She is in long black slacks, <laughs> and a purple Angora turtleneck, what? right? And I am thinking, you've got to be kidding. And she's like, it is winter, right? And so she's Canadian, but she's acclimatized, right? But if I had to describe snow to a Thai person, there's a couple of things that I'm dealing with. Not only is it a foreign concept, it is a different language. And, you know, now, I'm not going to say Spanish is easy. <laughs> David and Gina aren't going to tell me that English is easy. But there's a little bit of, you know, commonality, you know, in the languages where you can kind of hear some things sometimes, even with French, you know. But when you get to Thailand, it's like, yeah, Spanish and French are foreign languages. Thai is foreign language, <laughs> right? It is tonal. So, me, ma, ma, you right? Yeah, and they all mean different things, wow. right? So, I'm trying to take this foreign concept and try to learn the language so that I don't say something wrong and try to describe snow. It's really difficult. Um, I come from the Yukon. Um, apparently, in the Innu language, there are 20 words for snow. Because, you know, sometimes snow is crystalline, sometimes it's packed, sometimes it's loose. Like, but they're all different words to describe the same thing. But here I'm going to try to describe snow to somebody in Thailand. Uh, it would be like them trying to describe heat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what heat is now, but apparently I don't want to go in the summer. Like, August, you don't want to be in Thailand. If, if you're hot in November in Thailand, you're going to be really hot in the summer. And, you know, they say 100% humidity. I'm pretty sure you can actually have over 100% humidity, <laughs> the way that it just kind of sticks to your skin. Uh, so 
I think I might be being perfectly clear. I might be the guy being perfectly clear on the radio at that fire hall. How can you not understand what I'm trying to tell you? Right? I'm, I, I could not be any more clear. You know, but you still get that deer in the headlights. Right? Now, I'm assuming everybody knows about deer in the headlights. Right? So the, even the language, we have a commonality of language, but we have our little idiosyncrasies of language. Uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have felt that David and Gina are so brave coming and, and you know, learning English. Uh, and there's, there's sometimes I think, yeah, like how do, how do we even speak? You know, are the rules are so mixed up. So I want to look at a couple scriptures because that's what we're looking for as a Bible. All right, I'm going to hold this to, my, to the side in case I can't read it on the screen. So we're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 1. So let's look at a couple scriptures. For we were not making up... I'm just checking to make sure I'm reading what it's saying. Uh, I had a bad experience. <laughs> For we are not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven and we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the, do the day dawns and the Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize there is no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So uh, Peter's paying reference to uh, them being on the mountain and seeing Jesus transformed, and then all of a sudden Moses and Elijah are there. Right? So he's referring to that and to the, the prophets, which were hundreds of years before Jesus came, they spoke under the influence of God, moved by the Holy Spirit. And you have to realize that even in the Bible, there's this Old Testament and the New Testament. And so the, the prophets were speaking, but then they went, everything went quiet. So Jasmine referred to the book of Malachi. Between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew is 400 years. They call, they call it the silent years. So they were still believing in the Messiah coming. They were still trying to believe in the words of the prophets. 400 years with silence. Amazing. And then all of a sudden, bam, Jesus was there. Right? Amazing. And they still had an issue with it. Some people had an issue with it. Let's look at 2 Timothy 3.16. So this talks about what, the, what we think about the Bible. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So I, why do I believe the Bible is important? Well, because it's inspired by God and it's useful. Right? If it, if it wasn't a useful book, what would be the point of it? But... This book, it's the, it's the story of God, right? It's the revelation of God to the world and the revelation of his plan in a, in a progressively laid out fashion, which to me is amazing. The central theme of God's plan is to provide a means of bridging this divide because, you know, man, we, it didn't take us very long to ruin God's plan, right? And so now I'm standing here, God is over there, and there's this big, chasm in between and the and the bible's 
theme is how, how can we bridge that gap so that we would have access to God, right? And that, that's the theme of the Bible. Uh, so that there's, that separation was accomplished through the death and resurrection of, God, of Christ, our response to Christ by turning our backs on sin and accepting him personally, accepting forgiveness of sin through faith in the work of Christ. So, you know, people... Lots of people would say they believe in God. I, I grew up believing in God. Can't tell you a day when I didn't think God was real. Grew up in a church. It wasn't until I was 15 years old in another church where someone actually said, it's not enough just to believe in God or to believe that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of man. It's not enough just to believe that. You have to actually do something with it yourself. And you had to actually personally repent of your sin and ask him into your life and to take over your life. And I thought, oh, why didn't anybody ever tell me that before? Right? And I realized over the years that somebody probably had mentioned it just in different ways and I didn't understand it. But when I came to that understanding that I had to make a move, that I had to make a decision personally to follow him, not just believe that he was real. Right? So that, that, but that's the theme in here, that there's this, there's this bridge now over the chasm to Christ, and it comes through personal repentance. And you know that I always find it interesting, because I mean, I've, the last three years I've been part of this group that we've been reading the Bible cover to cover. First couple years we did it, it was all chronological. This year it's not. But it's, uh, it's interesting because part of the plan this year has these videos that are explaining different concepts in the Bible and kind of giving a review of the books of the Bible. They've been fantastic. Um, but... In the Old Testament, the psalmist David, so we may not know about King David. We can't assume that you do, but King David is the person in the Old Testament. Uh, he says in the Psalms, look at the Psalm. Yeah, it doesn't say that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path which I, th I think is a fantastic verse. And I'm, and I, but I'm looking at this whole Bible, right? And I have the, the work of Christ. I have the story of the death and the resurrection. I have the story of the miracles of Christ, the early church, the expansion. All of that I have the story of. David didn't. David had the first five books of the Bible, which we call, is called the Pentateuch. But yeah, all the story of Moses and the story of the children of Israel, the story of the giving of the law. All that law... <laughs> like if, when you read through the Old Testament, if you don't get bogged down in it, like the law is pretty incredible. And you think, like I'm, I'm not necessarily a good rules guy. Um, I, under, I understand that rules are important. I mean, I, I go by that other book. Uh, but I, I always need to know the why around things. And so, but here was this law, and, and that, you know, all the sacrificial system and everything that was involved with that, and you know, you got to be in the camp, and you're outside the camp, and all these other things going on with that. And, and yet, David said it was a, a, a lamp to guide his feet. And, and he, he had a love for the law, a love for God that came via the law. And I just think that that's amazing. Uh, that I wonder what he would think if he saw this whole thing written out like that. But I, I believe that the Bible is not just the most influential book in my life, but the most influential book in history. Now, do I, do I believe that it's always been handled well? No, I don't. 
I, I believe that there has been terrible things done in the name of the Bible. And if I could apologize to people personally for things that happened because of people's in the name of the Bible, I would apologize because I'm sure God's heart breaks because of it. Uh, but, you know, uh, have you ever owned a hockey card? <laughs> right? You know, everyone had, you know, Blair, do you have a Wayne Gretzky rookie card? Okay. Uh, so why do you wish you had a, why do you wish you had a Wayne Gretzky rookie card? Maybe. How valuable? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? There's that, you know, valuable hockey card. Well, how do you know how valuable that hockey card is? Well, someone said it in a book. Maybe someone's bought one at auction. But you're never know, you're never going to know how valuable your hockey card is until you put it on the market and you got the cash in hand. And you may think that your card is worth a million dollars, but if you can't get over $100,000 for it, your card's only worth $100,000. Uh, have you ever been online, you're looking at cars. I love looking at cars. 40,000 invested, first $20,000 takes. Okay, bad investing, <laughs> right? Your, so your car isn't worth $40,000. Your car's worth $20,000 because that's all you're going to get for it no matter how much you put into it. So you don't realize the value of anything until you put it to use. And it's the same with the Bible. Just for me to have that book on a shelf, and we have a, a few books, a few Bibles on our shelf, but just to have that book on a shelf in and of itself does me no good. It's absolutely useless to me. So why read the Bible? What's in it for me? Right? What's in it for you to read the Bible? If you don't answer that why, you will never make a point of reading it. That's the fundamental question. If you're just going to read it because Russ Brackenbury said on Sunday morning that it's important that you read the Bible, and he's going to ask me next Sunday if I've read it, and if I say no, he's going to make me feel bad. Well, if, all, if you're just reading it out of guilt, stop reading it because it's doing you no good, don't, no good at all. Um, you may not think it's relevant because times have changed. It's centuries since Jesus walked the earth. Um, yeah, times really changed. I mean, yeah, Jesus didn't have a Tesla. Um, he had a donkey, which was probably worth as much to them then as a Tesla is to some people now. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have to worry about plugging it in. Um, just had to worry about plugged out. Uh, so, but let's... Listen to what the book of Ecclesiastes says. So Ecclesiastes is in the kind of the early part of the Old Testament. History merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Right? So, no, Ethan's found out how much Wayne Gretzky rookie cards were. $3.7 million. Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> so history merely repeats itself. So, but God hasn't changed. God has not changed. Even the, the psalmist, again, in Psalm 90, verse 2, says this. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you were ever, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God has not changed. Right? The God who created the earth is still the same today. You know, there's an old song, yesterday, today, forever. Right? Jesus is the same. Uh, I read the Bible because I want to know more about God and what he wants, how he wants me to live. My, my best life cannot possibly be lived outside 
of the scripture. Right? It can't be. I might have a good life. I may have an enjoyable life, but my best life possible will never be possible if I'm living it outside the boundaries of this book. Um, there may be temporary pleasure, but you know, some temporary pleasure the Bible actually calls sin. Right? And we don't even like to use that word nowadays. But there are some, there are some things that the Bible says are sin and that we shouldn't do. And so if we want to live our best life, we should not do them. Right? So um, the, the scripture promises in John 10, verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, being Christ, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. All right? A rich and satisfying life. Does it say easy? Does it say simple? No. Right? If you think living the Christian life will be easy and simple, then I have bad news for you. Sometimes it would be simpler not to, right? You can do whatever you want if you have no filter, if you have no standard, right? But we're living against a standard that's set very high, right? God says, be holy for I am holy. Like, how, are you, how are you doing? Right? How's, how's that, Dr. Phil? How's that working for you, right? Uh, that's, a, that's a high standard, right? How can we possibly do it? Well, you're never going to do it unless you try, Right, and then you you need to find out how to do it. So once you answer the why, and I want to encourage you, the why is because it's a discovery about God, right? It's discovering Him and how He wants you to live, and the changes that can be wrought in your life because of Him. But how? This is an intimidating book. I mean, this is a study Bible. It has footnotes and you know all kinds of things uh, i have a a book that's probably twice that size that only links words in the greek and hebrew and you go through a concordance and you get a the word and it has a number beside it and you know you look in the, the bible and it has the number beside it and then you look up and see what the word is in the original language like are you a geek or what <laughs> right? but it's really interesting sometimes to be able to see what a what a word is in greek or hebrew uh, so I would never say uh, not get a paper Bible, but in this day and age, it's pretty simple to get an app on your mobile device, right? And uh, I tend to see more people in church now when the pastor says, and look up, you don't hear pages turning, you see, right, or come on, load, load. Uh, so, but I, I want to, and I'm not being, I'm not endorsing these for money, right, I'm make that waiver. Uh, but I have found personally that I've enjoyed using the, the U version and Bible Gateway. Uh, just a couple of apps. There's, there's probably more, but those are two that I've found helpful. Uh, because I, I like the U version because it has plans. And, you know, sometimes I just need help. This is an intimidating book. How can I have some help to read it? Uh, so I'm doing the plan that's the one year long cover to cover. That's a pretty intimidating plan for some people. Uh, but they have different subjects you can look up and do these like five or seven day devotions it'll have like a reading and a look up these verses in the bible and it may or may not have a guided prayer at the end and what's wrong with a guided prayer really if you're if you've never really prayed a lot maybe you need some help and so these people have written out thoughtful thought-provoking prayers to pray and you can pray a prayer sincerely when you read it just because you haven't come up with it yourself doesn't mean it's insincere, right? It's a, it's a, way, it's a way to start. You've got to start somewhere, right? You have to start. Allow yourself some slack, right? Um, 
So yes, and through the apps, there's other resources. So if you, you know, look in them, it can take you to different books that describe the verses. Uh, I've come to appreciate this one website called gotquestions.org. Uh, just type a question in there and, you know, it, come, it has answers. Uh, yeah, it can be very interesting. And like I've already alluded to, the Bible Project. The Bible Project is fascinating with the video content that they have, and they have video courses, and it's amazing. I think for my challenge to myself for the, next, the first part of next year is I'm going to go back through, and I'm just going to watch all the videos for the um, themes of each of the books of the Bible to kind of put them into perspective because you spread them out so much over the year. Just something I'm going to try. I'm not, rec not telling you you have to do that, but just something I want to try to help me um, work on the overall themes. So, uh, yeah, great videos different, and different themes contained within those books. But take your time. Don't rush. Right? Um, men, don't conquer it. Right? It's not like we got to be at the airport in Vancouver in six hours. Right? Uh, you can do it. But you have to stop and merit. Uh, <laughs> so, but... Um, yeah, take your time. If you only if you read a chapter out of the Bible and you're chewing on what you're reading and you're it's making you look up different things, be satisfied with the chapter, right? Don't feel like I'm conquering this book this year. I'm reading that Bible. You know, I've, I've kind of alluded to once or twice. Oh, gee, I'm 20 days behind. Uh, no, not anymore. I was at one point from my schedule, but to me, it was more about I wanted the time when I did do it be meaningful. So I've, I've been traveling quite a bit lately for work, so I'll, I'll put the Bible on in my head and have it spoken while I'm walking, because I still like to walk when I'm out working, like after work, or if I'm at a gym or something, I'll put it on in my head, because it makes me slow down. Sometimes in the morning, if I'm reading it, like, okay, got to get through, right? Got to hit the talk it over button at the bottom and get on to the next thing. But um, so that, that is just kind of helping me to slow down and you, want, you know that time will not magically appear to help you read the Bible more. Mm -hmm. It will never happen. You will have to make time for it to happen. Right. Uh, and you make time for the things that are important to you. Right? We all have the same 24 hours in the day. We, and, you know, um, when, I, when I say to somebody, I'm too busy, what I'm really saying is you're not a, that's not a priority. Right? Uh, because we all have to line up our priorities. So if this book is truly important to me, I'll prioritize making time for it. It mean, may mean I only get one cup of coffee in the morning instead of two, but I want to make time for it. So, uh, yeah, so I've changed my pattern and, and listened to it more, and it's actually helped me stay on track with the plan. <laughs> but I've loved it in that, that it's kind of slowed me down, and there's been times where uh, I may have had the Bible app up on the treadmill and I'm reading it as I'm hearing it, which I've found super helpful. So just a couple hints. Um, <laughs> in my safety life, which has been all-consuming for some years, I've learned the difference between education and training. Okay, so uh, we're going to teach Tabby how to run a lift truck. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so Am I just going to go out there and say, here you go, Tabby. She's going to look at this thing. It's got like pedal, two, three pedals maybe, three levers, 
funny forks, a mast. I'm not going to do, she is not going to do well if I just throw her on that machine, mm. right? She may be the most talented lift truck operator in the world. She just doesn't know it yet because mm. she has had neither education nor training. Right. So educationally, I'm going to take Tabby and I'm going to put her in a class with other people for half a day maybe, or at minimum, I'm going to put her in front of a recognized theory course. And she is going to be educated on such wonderful things as the stability triangle and, you know, <laughs> how it's a... How it's a counterbalanced lift truck and the capacities and all these different things that you will learn in theory. That's not going to make a lot of sense until she actually gets out there with an experienced operator who shows her all the different things about it and she gets into that seat and starts it up and starts using the controls. Then some of the theory stuff is going to make more sense to her. But is she going to be able to keep up with Ethan, who's a very highly experienced equipment operator? No. And he's going to be, and I've seen him, so I'm using him as an example. He's going to make that machine do, he's going to make that thing just sing, right? And it's going to look so smooth and so natural that Tabby's going to look and just think, oh, I'm never going to be like Ethan, <laughs> right? But she will be because she's going to get some experience, and Ethan has that experienced guy is going to give her a few little tips along the way. And one day, Tabby's going to have just like this non-stress day, and she's totally going to do more than she's ever done before because now she has education and training, right? So why do we think it's any different when it comes to how we look at Scripture? Why, sh why should you just necessarily be good at it, yeah. right? This is, this is a book, and remember, 1,500 years, three languages, two testaments, 40 authors, right? It takes some time. So uh, the, the <laughs> advantage that we have is the Bible is the same. Right? And so I, I want to encourage you, like if, if, you're, if you're at church and you, you hear a verse, write it down. Go look it up later. Did it make sense? I didn't understand. Go ask a question. Right? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Take it and read it for yourself. Don't necessarily just take everything I have to say, just that you know, point blank or carte blanche or whatever the term is. Like, if you have questions, ask. Right? Uh, and get familiar. But you have to be familiar with it. Otherwise, it's never going to make sense. You'll be that person trying to describe snow. And then, so now, it's one thing to know it. It's a different thing to apply it, right? So we've answered the question of why. We want to read it because it's the, the revelation of God to the world. And now we know how. But we want to apply what we learn. And that is the key. And that, that is the key even when it comes to education and training. Because you have to apply what you learn. If you, haven't, if you don't apply it, have you really learned it? Right. Chicken and the egg, right? Uh, so you have to apply it to make sure you've really learned it. And so um, learn, learn it, apply it. So the Bible says to love one another. It says to forgive one another. It says to, as much as possible, live at peace with each other. Um, I have this theory that if I spend time trying to do what the Bible tells me to do, I'll have less free time to do the things I shouldn't be doing. Now, sometimes concrete decisions are made to do the wrong thing, right? You know what's the right thing to do, and you still make a decision to do the wrong thing. Yes, me too, right? I'm, I'm looking in the mirror uh, because I'm not a perfect person. But, you know, I'm trying to be better, right? I'm trying to work at being better. So as I'm spending time reading the Bible, I'm trying to apply what I'm learning and, and make it... Make it the abundant life that Christ wants for me, 
right? How can I do it if I don't? So what's the best part of a movie when you watch a movie? <laughs> or if you're, you're binge watching... It's the last Okay, you've read my note. <laughs> All right. Right? The last 20 minutes. I mean, you can watch the last 20 or 25 minutes of Home Alone 1. And, you know, or Home Alone 2, and you get all the action part, right? But you don't have a clue of what got you to that point, right? I don't know about Marv, you know, uh, but it makes more sense at, at, towards the end of the movie, right? So uh, I want to challenge you when it comes to Bible reading, right? If, uh, if you're doing the Bible cover to cover, you didn't start into the New Testament until the 2nd of October, Right, so obviously the Old Testament is important because it kept it's basically the first seventy-five percent of the Bible. So when you're into the New Testament in October, you're in the last twenty minutes. Right, uh, it would be one of the only times I would encourage you to start with the last twenty minutes, because uh, if you've never read Scripture before and you start in Genesis, I would put five dollars down that you're not going to make it through Leviticus. <laughs> right, so start start somewhere. Uh, do the last twenty minutes there. But I love the New Testament because it talks about like the coming of Christ, his death and resurrection, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church, the expansion of the church, like all these exciting things, right? Sometimes the Old Testament can be a little dry, uh, but it's come, the New Testament has come to mean more to me as I become more familiar with the old. Uh, I want to read you this little section out of Exodus. Um, so one day Moses says to the Lord, you've been telling me take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you'll send with me. You've told me I know you by name, I look favorably on you. It is true that you look favorably on me. Let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. And the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anybody know that you look favorably on me and on me and on, on your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. And the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name Yahweh before you, and I will show you mercy, for I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see my face. No one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in a crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face you will not see. So um, Moses asked to see God's glory, to see God's presence. And, and God says to him, you can't see my face and live, right? You can see my back. I love the, one of the old versions. Says, you may see my hind parts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so amazing though right like you cannot look on the face of god and live that's what it's saying you can't look on my face and live but then look at so the sands of time have flowed freely and now we're in the new testament and look what john chapter 1 verse 14 says 
So the word became human and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory. Right? We have seen his glory. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. So Moses couldn't look on the face of God and live. Right? But then X amount of years, because I'm not good at math, a thousand years later, 1,500 years later, we saw the face of God and lived. Right? That's the progressive nature of the Bible. That's the amazing thing to me. And even in the New Testament, you see the disciples will quote Old, Old Testament. They'll, they'll quote the prophets. Even Jesus quoted the prophet Isaiah. Right? So they're, they're just so amazing. They're so intricately intertwined. Um, so I am, I am amazed at the New Testament and more understanding I've gotten because I've come to love the Old Testament more. And listen to Matthew chapter 13, verses 16 and 17. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth that many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but didn't see it. They long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. So the prophet Isaiah was prophesying the coming of Christ. He never got to see it, right? Thought. They saw it. For hundreds of years, the, the coming of the Messiah was prophesied, and they never saw it. And, and Jesus is telling them, basically, like, come on, you guys. Like, these people long to see me, and now you're seeing me, you're touching me, you're experiencing me. And, and you know, I've never seen Jesus, right? I see him reflected in here. I've never, I'm not going to see him personally, right? I, but I'm seeing as much of him as I can because I wanted to make a difference in my life. Uh, who's seen the Lord of the Rings movies? Oh, yeah. Movies. Mm. Who knew it was a trilogy? <laughs> I know someone who wasn't aware of that fact when we went and saw the first one. Um, they were disappointed by the ending. In fact, one was heard to utter, that's it? I can't believe this. Um, well, people who know my wife, it was, it was her. So, and I had to say, no, hon, it's a trilogy. Like the... I'd have never gone. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's six more hours of these still to come. Right? So to me, the New Testament is that exciting finish to a movie. Right? Uh, I don't believe it's a trilogy. <laughs> uh, I just had to throw that in. Um, <laughs> because it was a great example. Um, there's, there's no more of the Bible to be written, right? Like, that's, Revelation is the end. But it's not the end of the story, right? And we, ha we have to get through that, that it didn't end with John the Revelator at the book of Revelation, right? There was, there was more to come. Uh, to me, there's a sequel that's going to happen in eternity, Right? There's a, there's a sequel that's going to be happened. There's no more to be added to the written text, but there's so much more to be added to the living out of it. And that, that to me, is, is why it's so important. The Bible is important. It's the inerrant, progressive revelation of God, and it's his plan for mankind. So I want you to encourage, be encouraged today. Be excited about this book. Right? It will change your life. Even though it's, it says... Uh, 
Yeah, the word of God is alive. That's what the scripture says. The word of God is a living, it's a living entity, right? Make it alive in your life. So get excited about it, read it, and then live it. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca. Thank you.